Well, next Sunday morning does kick off our 40 days of prayer, a spiritual growth campaign. And spiritual growth campaigns are something we've been doing uh, for a number of years, uh, just a way to really uh, help to kind of bring some things into alignment to hopefully uh, catalyze and accelerate and, and focus our our spiritual growth. And I want to want to kind of set the table for that in this message this morning, kind of a pre-campaign message uh, as we, we think about the, the question. Uh, do you really want to grow up? Do you really want to grow up? The Urban Dictionary describes uh, words that maybe are not uh, as uh, familiar to some of us, particularly if we've been around for a while. One of the words they have in there is the word manolescent. Manolescent. A manolescent is, is someone that uh, is a man of any age who kind of shirks adult responsibilities. They're, they're a man uh, chronologically and physically, and yet in so many other areas of their life uh, that they don't exhibit those characteristics. But long before there was uh, manolescence, uh, there was labeled the, the Peter Pan syndrome, the Peter Pan syndrome. Uh, maybe you're familiar with that, 1983 a book by psychologist Dan Kiley, the Peter Pan syndrome kind of popularized that in pop psychology and in our culture as a whole, uh, even to the point of, of uh, just a couple of years ago now, uh, country star Kelsey Ballerina uh, captured that uh, thing with a song, Peter Pan, uh, about a, a boyfriend, we're assuming, that, that refused to grow up, refused to mature. And part of the reframe of that that song was, you don't understand, you'll never grow up, you're never going to be a man. And there's something endearing about childlikeness, uh, about wonder and curiosity and the, the capacity to get excited about things. But there's something a little pitiful about childishness, about the refusal to to grow and to mature. In fact is, many of our problems in life are caused by immaturity. Whether that's a relational immaturity or emotional immaturity or spiritual immaturity. Immaturity is a thing that and when you begin to chase some things out, some of the issues that we often have in life, and I would say even as a culture as a whole, so many of our problems in life are directly linked to immaturity, to stunted growth or an unwillingness to continue to grow. And that's the exact opposite of what we find in Scripture. In Scripture, we find this call to grow, to develop, to continue to mature along the way. Peter put it succinctly, but grow, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. And if you've been around here for a while, you've probably heard me say, you know, one of our core convictions is God loves you just the way that you are, but he loves you way too much to leave you that way. And God is going to continue to work in my life and yours to grow us, to shape us, and to mature us along the way. When Paul was writing to the Ephesians in the fourth chapter of, of that letter, he, he captured just that, that, that role that, that Christ and even the, the body of Christ 
plays in our growth and in our maturity. Familiar words perhaps to many of you beginning in verse 11. And he, he being this ascended, risen Jesus Christ, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes, rather speaking the truth in love. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Why has God given us the body of Christ? Why has God gifted people within the body of Christ? For our maturity, so that more and more and more we will become like Christ. We've talked around here about, uh, about the fact that, that God is at work in all of our lives to uh, create in us the, the, that we might accurately reflect the image of Christ, that we might live like Jesus lived and love like Jesus loved and leave behind what Jesus left behind. And many of our problems are caused because we don't grow. And so I'm just going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you this morning to invest, to invest in this spiritual growth campaign, to get all in. This spiritual growth campaign can be something that you can either say, yeah, 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 been there, done that. Uh, Or it's just, it's kind of messing up my normal routine. (laughs) Or It can be something that God may use catalytically in your life and in your growth and in your maturity. And a lot of that depends, like a lot of other things in life, you get out of it what you put into it, what you invest into it. And so I'm going to encourage you, I'm going to challenge you today to invest because we're going to seek to, to bring some things together, harnessing the power of alignment, bringing some things together to help catalyze some spiritual growth, particularly in this vital area of prayer in our lives. And to do so, this whole campaign is built on five pillars, five pillars of spiritual growth. And I hope that you'll, you'll kind of see these weaved in throughout this campaign. The first pillar of spiritual growth is we grow when we feed on God's Word. There is nothing more central to our growth than interaction with God's Word, opening up our lives to God's Word. Jesus put it this way when he was battling temptation. He says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word, every word that comes from the mouth of God. God. That that there is that that need for us to to be fed, to sustain ourselves spiritually on the Word of God. When Paul was was, uh, committing followers of Christ to his continued growth and care, he used these words. And now I commend you to God and to the Word of His grace, which is able to build you up 
and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Listen, we want you to experience everything that God has for you. We want you to experience all the blessings that God has for you. And it is connected to growing up, to being built up by the word of his grace. Now, let's think about it. I mean, many of us prioritize eating regularly, right? (laughs) Uh, my, My guess is that there's nobody in this room who says, you know what? I am going to have one knockout meal on Sunday, and then I'm not going to eat the rest of the week. Right? Nobody, right? In fact, is some of us don't even make it through the afternoon until we get a snack, right? And we, we feed our bodies regularly. Well, part of growing up, part of maturing spiritually is fueling and feeding ourselves spiritually. If my only spiritual nourishment is once a week, then I'm running on empty. And I don't, I'm not giving my, my spiritual self the capacity, the fuel it needs to grow. We grow when we feed on God's Word. That's why for years we, we've talked about getting a grasp, getting a grip on God's Word. You need to hear it. You need to read it, study it, memorize, meditate upon it, and apply it to your lives. And when I have all of those things functioning, if, as those we've talked about the hand diagram with those different words on, when all those things are functioning in my life, it helps me to get a grip on God's Word. It helps God's Word to get a grip on me. But one of the reasons why it's, it's important to have lots of different avenues to feed on God's Word is because we learn differently. All of us have different ways, different styles of learning. And many of you come from education backgrounds. You're involved in education. You know this. So some of us are auditory learners, right? We learn, one of the primary ways we learn is by listening. If we can hear things, it helps us to understand and to grasp things. And so we learn through the ear gate. We learn through listening. Others are much more visual learners. Visual learners tend to learn uh, primarily or more strongly through watching or reading, uh, through the eye gate. And, and so we, we need to, to, to read things. We, we do a whole lot better if we can see something visually along the way. There are auditory learners and visual learners. Uh, there are also verbal or oral learners. Ver- verbal or oral learners are those who, who kind of learn by talking. Uh, they, they, they may have these things thoughts and ideas, but it's in talking them out, it's in processing them that they begin to make sense. They begin to kind of unfold a little bit. They begin to click in their lives. Now, there are folks that don't listen, don't read, and don't talk. You know what we call those folks? Men. That's what we call them, right? Men, right? <laughs> I know. Cheap shot. Cheap shot, right? It's a generalization, and most generalizations are generally wrong. But there is, that highlights the fact that there is another learning style. And the learning style is sometimes called physical or, or kinesthetic. And physical alerters are those who learn by doing. They, they learn best by having hands-on, by putting some of these things into practice. Now, here's what's exciting about a spiritual growth campaign like we're getting ready to enter into. 
We're going to try to utilize all of these different learning styles to help you feed on God's Word. We want you to hear it. We want you to read it and see it. We want you to to be connected with others so that you can unpack it and talk about it and process it. And then we're going to ask you to put it into practice. They're going to do some some things as you begin to kind of live out and actually get hands-on practical experience of putting these things into practice. And as we utilize those different learning styles, it helps us to feed on God's Word. Central to spiritual growth is feeding on God's Word. And it's the first pillar of how we grow spiritually. The second pillar of spiritual growth is we grow when we develop spiritual habits. We grow when we develop spiritual habits. It's been said we form our habits and then our habits form us. We form relational habits and they form our relationships. We form physical habits and those form our body. (laughs) We form spiritual habits, and those fuel and feed and end up forming our soul. And so part of this this campaign is we want to help one another to form, develop, or refine some spiritual habits. Spiritual habits are so important. Let me just show you a couple scriptures. Hebrews 5 talks about uh, about the importance of of having our our, uh, discernment trained. For though by this time... Time. Paul, he's, the author's challenging them. He says, you should be teaching people, but you're stuck in immaturity. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child, a man adolescent, Peter Pan. But solid food is for the mature. For those who have their powers of discernment, here's this phrase, trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. There are folks that have matured because they have been trained by constant practice practice. And there are those who are still children, even though they ought to be teachers, because they haven't been trained. They haven't formed habits. Paul often drew on that imagery of uh, athletics. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. This, this incredible picture as the Olympics are getting ready to open up here in just a few days, the Winter Olympic Games from, from Korea. And we know nobody is going to be competing in those games who just kind of showed up, right? They just showed up and said, you know, that looks like fun. I've never put on a pair of skis before, right? No, 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 no. The, the people that, that are competing in those games have been training. And many of them have been training all of their life. And for just a few moments, a few moments of possible glory to stand on this medal stand to represent their country. They have trained themselves. They've exercised incredible self-control in, in, in what they eat and don't eat and how they schedule their life and the things that they do and don't do and the way that they've trained and pushed their body They do that to receive a perishable prize. The contrast, Paul says, is that when we 
practice spiritual habits, when we train ourselves consistently, spiritually, it not only makes a difference for now, but it impacts all eternity. And so he would write to Timothy, have nothing to do with irreverent silly myths. Rather, the reverse of that, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. And we talk about spiritual habits. We we want you to to invest in these because we know, we know it's something God's going to use in your life to not only bring about God's best in your life right here, right now, but to bring that which is best for all eternity. We form our habits and then our habits form us. And so a key part of this spiritual growth campaign is we're going to challenge one another to develop spiritual habits. And Maybe you have some of these already in place. Maybe it's a matter of of refining them. Maybe you used to do a little better job, and and now it's a time to kind of refocus on them. Or maybe it's to introduce a brand new habit. But in this campaign, we're going to focus on four key habits. Four key habits that we're going to challenge one another to invest in intensely for a 40-day period. The first habit is the habit of weekly worship. This is a large group gathering. And so my challenge is to to say, I'm going to prioritize. As God allows, I'm going to prioritize gathering with God's people in weekly worship. And I realized even this morning and kind of saying that to you, man, you're here on a wet, cold morning. <laughs> I mean, this is somewhat preaching to the choir. I get it. I get it. But, but listen, to say, I'm going to make that a priority in my life. I'm going to make that a priority just to build that rhythm of gathering with God's people once a week in a larger setting for the purpose of worshiping God together, for the purpose of of listening to the teaching of His Word. That's the first foundational habit. The second habit is the habit of connecting with others. And this is where we want to have you invest in a smaller environment. A smaller environment where you're not just facing the back of somebody's head, but hopefully you can face one another. You can begin to interact with each other. And the easiest place to do this, the easiest place to do this right now is in an adult Bible fellowship. Those meet on Sunday morning at a 9.30 time and an 11 o'clock time. There's a place for you. There's a place for every member of your family. There's The children are covered for both of those hours Preschoolers are covered for both of those hours. We encourage students to come worship one hour, uh, be in, in the, their, uh, their environment one hour. It, it is the easiest one to get into. And so here's my challenge to you. If you're not currently connected uh, to, a, to an adult Bible fellowship, then get connected. Just try it out. Try it out for this, this, this growth campaign. And there, there's folks at information tables in the lobby. They'll be glad to kind of uh, talk to you about some options. You can email or contact the office. Be glad to kind of give you some of those options along the way. But we want to encourage you. Get connected. And you say, well, Jeff, wait a minute. I'm serving on Sunday morning. I'm one of those that makes it possible for the preschoolers and the children and, and the students to be over there. And, and that's why. 
on Sunday nights uh, for the course of this campaign. On Sunday nights, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna meet with those folks. Anybody that, that's not uh, that, that's not already connected to an ABF, if if you're serving on a children or preschool student hallway on Sunday mornings, I'm gonna meet with those folks on Sunday night. Uh, and we're go- we're going to walk through this material. We're going to do this material. We're going to we're going to be in a group together. And so I encourage you: if you're not connected, take a chance, take a risk, take a step. Maybe move out of your comfort zone a little bit and just say, I'm going to prioritize, at least for this 40-day period, I'm going to try it on for size. I'm going to connect with others. The habit of weekly worship, the habit of connecting with others, a habit of time alone with God. A habit of time alone with God. That, that I'm going to find some time. I'm going to prioritize time. Maybe, maybe if you haven't been doing it, you say, I'm just going to find 15 minutes. Maybe it's the morning. Maybe it's night. Maybe it's long. I don't know what works best for your schedule, but you're just going to start. You're going to begin. And that's why we have this resource. That's why we're making this resource available. And we want to encourage you to, to pick one up. And, and if we run out, put your name on the list. We'll, we'll try to fast ship some of these in. You won't need it until next week. Uh, we, we encourage you to go ahead and pick that, pick that up. Uh, you're going to have an opportunity. There's a place to take some notes during the teaching time in the small groups. And then there, there's some guidelines for, for every day, every day of, the, of the week so that you'll, you'll have a scripture verse. You'll have just some, some ways to just begin to guide you, how you can interact with that verse. What did you hear? What do you think? What is your prayer? And so we want you to begin to put some of these things into practice yourself. And so I just encourage you, pick up that resource. Uh, We're only asking you to kind of give $5. We feel like it's good for people to kind of have skin in the game. I guarantee you it didn't cost $5. It cost a lot more than that. Uh, We want to have a little skin in the game uh, to invest. But listen, if $5 is a barrier and you say that that's just a barrier right now, don't let that stop. You go put your name on list, talk to somebody, we will make sure that you get that resource because we want you to fully engage in this. Habit of weekly worship, of connecting with others, of time alone with God, but there's one other habit and it, it grows out of this, just a habit of memorizing or meditating on God's Word. And so we're going to have one verse a week through the campaign. And we're just going to ask you to really focus on. And I know for some people, they say, oh, memorizing, I can't do that or whatever. Listen, first of all, don't sell yourself short. You probably memorize a whole lot more than you think you do. But, but even if you feel like you can't do that, here's what I'm going to tell you. Just start by reading. Just read that verse over and over and over and over again. And sit before it. Sit before the Lord with it. Think about the words, and there's some, some helps in, in the book, but just to, to begin to unpack that and watch what God does as you begin to kind of immerse your mind through memorizing and through meditating on God's Word. Four key habits that we know that if you will fully invest in, God will use to help catalyze spiritual growth in your life, particularly in this area that we're focusing on of prayer. The third pillar of spiritual growth is we grow when we help each other grow. We grow when we help each other grow. You cannot grow to spiritual maturity by yourself. 
Some of us may say we want to, it's easier, it's less messy, but that's not how God has designed us. He has designed us, we've talked about this time and time again, to be dependent upon him and interdependent with one another. You cannot grow to all that God wants you to grow to. You cannot fully be the man or the woman that God's called you to be. You cannot fully fulfill the purposes that God has for your life by yourself. We need one another. You see that over and over again in Scripture. Paul, this incredible pillar, you would think if anybody could do it alone, Paul did. He begins his letter to the Romans with these words, For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is, notice this phrase, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. Here's Paul. He says, I want to connect with these people because I know when I connect, there is this mutual encouragement, both for me and for them. When you don't connect, you don't just rob you, but you rob other people of what God may want to do through you in their life. And so I I need to be there. I need to be one of those who takes up that mantle of Hebrews 10. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some. We form our habits and then our habits form us. But encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And so I, I'm going to enter into this and say, God, how can, how can we be used in one another's life to stir up one another, to encourage one another, to be mutually encouraged by one another's faith? The only way to grow is in relationships. I got to have that relationship with God. I nurture that relationship with God through His Word, through time alone with Him, through prayer. But I need the relationships with other people. And God designed me that way. He designed you that way. Andy Stanley puts it this way. He said, the primary activity of the church was one anothering, one another. <laughs> Think about that. And by the way, your word processor doesn't like one anothering. <laughs> he gets a red squiggly line there every time, right? Uh, but but there, in the New Testament, there are over 50 one another's. One, over 50 one another commands. You can't obey this large block of God's Word unless you're connected, unless you are in relationships with other people. You and I are called to one another, one another, and that only happens when we help each other grow. The fourth pillar of spiritual growth is we grow when we expect to grow. We grow when we expect to grow, and we can call this the faith factor, the faith factor. Listen, you can enter into this campaign and you can say, been there, done that. And you say, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to check off the list, but <sighs> another workbook, another group, another sermon series. Or you can go in and say, God, I'm going to take you at your word. God, I'm going to come with that confident expectation. Not not because this is a magic wand or a silver bullet. 
Because as I put these things in my life, it is aligning me with your promises. Your promises that you want to work in my life. You desire for me to grow and to mature. Again, to that letter to the Hebrews. And now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. But sometimes we just have to ask ourselves, do we really believe this stuff or not? Do we really believe that Jesus Christ really desires to equip me with every good thing so that I can do his will? Do I really believe, do I really take this as his promise to me that he is going to be working in us, which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ? Do I have that expectation? Do I come with that faith that God is at work? And one of my favorite passages is tucked away in Philippians 2. That, that, that wonderful balance of what we do in response to what God's done. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now you can do it with confidence. Why? For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. God is at work in you, creating both the motivation and the capacity, the energy, the ability to work for his good pleasure, to work out all those things that God has placed in your life, to grow to the full maturity that God has for your life. And we can do so with that confident expectation. But here's the flip side. The flip side of that is if I come in with no expectation. If I come in with little faith, God does not move in a powerful way. When the disciples were struggling in one instance to, 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 to bring a healing, to cast out a demon, and Jesus came and, and ministered to the family, and, and they had this, this question, why, why couldn't we do that? Why could we not cast it out? Look at Jesus' answer. Because of your little faith. You didn't expect it. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. And may, maybe you're at a stuck point. Maybe you're at a, at a place where it feels like you can't get a breakthrough. And, and maybe you've begun to convince yourself, I'm always going to be this way. I can't grow. I can't change. I can't develop. And God is saying to you, you know, just a little mustard seed. Size faith can be catalytic, that it can be part of a breakthrough in your life. To really begin to take God at His word, to anticipate that God is going to equip me, 
That God is going to work those things that are pleasing to him. That God is already at work inspiring both the will and the capacity to, to work out fully my salvation with that fear and trembling. To come with that confident expectation. And so I'm just going to encourage you even to pray about this time and just say, God, uh, like the disciples, like the Father, I, the, one of my favorite prayers in the Bible, the Father who, who wanted Jesus to act on, on behalf of a family member and, and said, do you believe? And he said, I believe, help my unbelief. And that's one of my favorite biblical prayers because I find myself there a lot. And God, I believe, but there's a part of me that doesn't. I believe, help my unbelief. And, And maybe that's what you need to pray going into this campaign. God, I believe. I believe you want to grow me. I believe you want to work. I believe for a breakthrough. Help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. We grow when we expect to grow. But there's a fifth pillar of this spiritual growth journey. And that is we grow when we commit to grow. We grow when we commit to grow. It's one of those humbling statements. I I don't know how many years ago I first read it, but every time I read it, every time I come across it, every time I hear it, every time I speak it, it's convicting to me. I am as close to God as I have chosen to be. Now, I don't know about you, but that always humbles me. It humbles me with the realization that if I feel a distance between myself and God, it's because I've chosen it. If I am not growing to be everything that God has designed me to be, it's because I've chosen not to. Maybe you've heard that old expression, If you feel distance from God, who moved? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am as close to God as I've chosen to be. And what we're challenging one another to do in this spiritual growth campaign is to choose. It is to choose to engage in the promises, to choose to engage in the process God spoke through the prophet Jeremiah, and I think it's still true today. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Ultimately, God is the seeker, right? I mean, the only way I seek after God is because he first sought me. The only way I love God is because he first loved me. But when I seek him with all of my heart, he's not playing hide and seek, right? He said, when you seek me, you will find me. You will find me. You are as close to God as you have chosen to be. And I come to this and say, God, I want to seek you. I want to seek you. And I know the only reason I want to seek you is because you have already sought me in Jesus Christ. You have sought me in the life and the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You've sought me through the the indwelling Holy Spirit. You You have sought me. And in response to your seeking love, I am going to choose to seek you. Now, when you start talking about commitment, some folks get a little bit uneasy. When you talk about effort, some folks kind of say, well, isn't that the opposite of grace? But Paul never had that that struggle. Paul understood that this wonderful blend of grace and work, grace and effort along the way. He said, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me, toward me, was not in vain. 
On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. <laughs> Paul, Paul didn't understand God's grace as an excuse to do nothing. God's grace fueled his effort. It fueled his focus. It fueled his energy. God, listen, God's grace doesn't make effort unnecessary. God's grace makes effort successful, makes it effective. It is God's grace that fuels it. It's God's grace that makes it possible. In response to God's grace, I commit. I seek after him. And so we're going to challenge one another to commit, to commit to seeking God, to commit to seeking to grow. Because spiritual growth is not automatic. It isn't. And you know this. You know this in looking at other people's lives. You know that there are people who are chronologically old in the Lord, but they have not grown up in the Lord. You and I both know in areas of our life that there are areas where we have not grown. It is not automatic just because I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. It involves a choice. It involves how I respond to the grace of God. And so I want to challenge you to choose, to choose. And so I come back to the question that formed the title of this message. Do you really want to grow up? Do you really want to grow up? Then invest. Invest in your growth in alignment with these pillars of spiritual growth. So here's the bottom line for this message. As we set up the next 40 days beginning next Sunday, because I really want to grow up, I'm going to commit to the following for the length of this campaign. Four key commitments. I'm going to attend weekly worship gatherings. As God allows me, I'm going to prioritize attending those weekly worship gatherings. I'm going to engage with a group for fellowship and study. And if you're not already connected to a group, to say, I'm going to try one out. I'm going to, I'll take a risk. I'll take a step. I'll try it on for size. I'm going to engage with a group for fellowship and study. Thirdly, I'm going to prioritize a daily time alone with God. And if it hasn't really been a, been a habit, don't, don't, don't try to bite off 60 minutes. Just start small. Start small. But I'm going to prioritize a daily time alone with God, and the workbook will kind of help give some shape to that. And then, God, I, I'm going to choose to meditate and seek to memorize a key scripture each week. Four key commitments that I'm going to begin to make through the course of this campaign. Now, no hidden agenda. We, we hope these are habits that will be formed in your life over a 40-day period that will continue because you're going to need to continue these habits to continue to grow into the man or the woman that God's called you to be. But to begin with, I am going to invest fully in this spiritual growth campaign. I'm going to invest fully in my own spiritual growth through these four commitments. So I want to pray for us as we walk into this campaign beginning next Sunday that God will use this in a powerful way. 
And then I'm just going to give you just a couple minutes just to sit before the Lord and think about those commitments. And, and maybe you just need to check some of those boxes. And it's just between you and the Lord. We're not taking those up. To say, this is, this is God, as you enable, this is what I'm going to do. I'm all in. Use this in my life. Let's bow our heads together as we pray. Oh, Father. You have sought us. You have rescued us. You've redeemed us. You've transformed us in Jesus Christ. And we thank you and praise you for that. And, and Father, that you're not done with any of us yet. And there are still things that you wish to, to shape and to form in us. There, there's still ways that you want us to grow more and more into the image of Jesus Christ. And, and Father, we, we, we have a response to make to that. We have a, a role to play in that. And so, Father, I just, I just pray, Lord, that you might, might show us what that looks like for us for this 40-day period to begin with. And Father, I pray that if there are some things that maybe are not a part of our life, maybe we've never even tried them before, Lord, that for the first time we'll, we'll give it a try. And we'll give it a try to see what you might do. Father, if, if some of these things maybe uh, used to be a part of our life but we drifted from them, I pray, Father, that you'd, you'd help us to just renew them. Father, I pray maybe if they've lost some of their focus, we, we've been doing them, but it's kind of been going through the motions. Father, I pray that you would renew and re refocus those. Father, we just come to say, we don't want to miss you. We don't want to miss what you want to do in our lives. So we just come with a faith. Not a faith in our ability, but a faith in your grace. A faith that you are the one who is at work within us, both to will and to work for your good pleasure. Father, use these 40 days. Father, even over these next week, just bring someone to our mind that we might invite in the journey. That you might want to use this to catalyze some new movement in their life. Father, give us a boldness to extend an invitation. As you just spend a few more moments sitting before the Lord.